just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus. I'm Chris. And 508-996-0500 is how you can get on if you want to talk to me, Chris, or our guests, uh, our guest for the hour, Cameron Cost, the candidate for uh, state rep in the 9th Bristol District. Cameron, how are you? I am good. First, I want to apologize to Tim. I've been on his show before, but so far, I like this music a little bit more. <laughs> you can thank Michael Rock for that. He's so, the music guy. So, um, so Cameron, uh, before we get started, uh, if you'd like to introduce yourself to the audience and, and tell us uh, why you decided to run for state rep. Yeah, definitely. So, my name is Cameron Costa. I'm a proud candidate, Democratic candidate for state representative in the 9th Bristol District, which is inclusive of all of Dartmouth and parts of the north end of New Bedford. Um, I find that the best way to explain what parts of New Bedford it is, is the far north end, right? So if you've ever voted before, you know, that would mean that you've either voted at the church on Church Street, at Amanda Ave or Doughton Place on Church Street, as well as Viber Hospital. And those are the same three polling locations for the city of New Bedford this year. And so if you've ever voted in those districts or in those polling locations, or if you, you know that that's going to be your polling location in this upcoming election, then you are in my district uh, or in each other's district rather. And so... I'm super excited to be on this show to, you know, really talk about why I'm running and really it's centered in around the people around this district. Back in December, when I was first starting to consider running for office, I was approached by a couple of people that were talking about how they felt that our current elected officials, you know, weren't as responsive as they could be, weren't in the district as much as they could be, weren't really supporting many of the issues that they were supporting as well. And so when I got involved and when I, you know, was trying to make that decision about whether or not to run, it was really about having those conversations with people. So around January, February, I really started my, I guess you could say, unofficial exploratory committee for state rep and, and talking to people uh, throughout the district, you know, going to Scuttlebutts, going to Farm and Coast uh, and, and interrupting people's tables. I don't think they were that much happy about it. Uh, and, and really saying, hey, you know, like my name's Cameron Costa. I'm looking to run for state representative, right? I'm, I'm a graduate of BCC and, and UMass Dartmouth. At the time I wasn't yet at UMass Dartmouth, but I am now. And so, you know, you know, I'm really looking at possibly running for state representative. What is it that you feel you could see for your next state representative? And they talked about those things. They talked about wanting somebody that represents them, that engages with them in conversations, having constituent hours, town halls, uh, you know, is <clears throat> is looking at progressive ways to really increase revenue that doesn't hurt people's wallets, that doesn't hurt the lower middle income class. And so... Though, that is why I really ran, right? I, you know, I talked about this in an interview, I think it was two weeks ago, about some people also then coming back and saying, right, like, it's about experience, right? We want somebody that has experience. And that's, that's what people were, you know, trying to say that they want in a state representative. And I came back and very much said, you know, I may not have as much professional experience as the incumbent that I'm challenging, which doesn't happen often here in the South Coast. But when we talk about personal experience and you talk about my life here growing up in the city of New Bedford, where I currently live, you know, 
living with poverty, couch surfing, living on the streets, living in a car with my mother and my sister. And I always share the story about how I will never forget that there was one time my mother had pulled up to a McDonald's uh, a drive-through and uh, right on King's Highway, and you know she grabbed a Happy Meal, and all three of us had to share the Happy Meal. And so, I'm really running to fight for people throughout this district. I'm really running to make sure that no future generation or current generation, rather, has to ever go through the same struggles that I had to go through. And so, I'm really running to be the people's uh, representative up on Beacon Hill and here in the district because that's important and that's one of the number one ways to hold people accountable is by being present. Speaking with Cameron Costa, state representative candidate for the ninth uh, personal district at five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred, so I can get on. And we actually got a call. Let's take it. Good evening. You're live with Cameron Costa. Hey, Mr. Costa. Uh, uh, first of all, great to see young people running, and I uh, love your yard signs. Love the uh, the lighthouse there. But um, quick question for you: the um, the town of Dartmouth has uh, recently just went through a pretty uh, uh, intense debate over the uh, the Dartmouth uh, mascot, the Dartmouth Indian. Just wanted to know where you stood on. Um, some of the legislation up on Beacon Hill. Um, I think there's some legislation up in the Senate proposed by uh, uh, Senator Comerford and Sonia, Sonia Chang-Diaz. Uh, where do you stand on that in terms of uh, prohibiting Native American mascots statewide? Yeah, I, I, I would really, uh, first of all, I want to say thank you for, for calling in, and I'm glad. Thanks for the call. You liked my yard signs with the, the lighthouses. I, my visual designer deserves all the credit for that. Um, and so... In regards to your question, though, because I want to make sure that I answer it, you know, I, I really would have to look at that piece of legislation. It, it, I'll be completely honest. It wasn't one that I've looked up recently. Um, I know, right, the voters did vote in the town of Dartmouth. And so it's in, in the hands of the school committee now to really make sure um, that they go based off of what the voters want. And so I view my role as the next state representative here in the 9th Bristol and really ensuring that we're supporting that decision. Um, in regards to the legislation piece, I know that there is important legislation out there about making sure that there is an updated curriculum in regards to uh, the usage of any kind of logos or, or in regards to any kind of information. And that was actually something that a lot of Dartmouth voters who vocally came out against changing the logo um, also emphasized, though, is wanting to see more of a uh, a better curriculum that really tells a more uh fuller and, and correct picture. And so I'm really gonna be looking to support legislation that works on getting making sure that our curriculum is inclusive of, of all voices, as well as making sure that it's accurate information like voters were talking about at that. But you're that saying, group. and just to, just to, just to um, clarify, you're saying that the, the voters voted on this and the school committee as elected officials should follow the referendum of the voters. I think they should. I, you know, that is, <clears throat> I think many times, right, and this is, you know, of course, where I differ with some of the elected officials, right? I think many times people get elected officials, right? They are elected by the people. And there are certain times where their own personal feelings or their own personal thoughts, of course, drive their, their votes. Um, but it's a people's vote, right? You know, you're, you're casting your vote, of course, as a person that lives within that district. Uh, but you also are supposed to be voting based off of what the people want in your district. And so that is a conversation that I would 100% be happy and open to have continuously, uh, as I think it's one of the best ways to also defend somebody's vote on Beacon Hill. Well, while we're on the subject of the school committee and all of that you've recently you've recently got an endorsement from the MTA the Mass Teachers Association um, what uh, what do what what are they looking for you as a candidate in what are they looking for you to do as a, as a potential state representative um, what have 
you told them you were going to do that they don't think Representative Markey is going to do? Yeah. Well, you know, the, the Mass Teachers Association, which is the, the union that represents uh, teachers from across the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, um, I think they have over 115,000 members. Last time I checked, I know their accounts sometimes say things differently. They need to be updated there. Sure. Um, but, you know, they have this number one goal in mind, and that's that public education is a public good. And so my belief is that when we talk about public education, one of the things that really convinced them to endorse me uh, was my belief in the fair share amendment and really was my belief in the full funding of public education here in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Um, you know, there are differences, as, as you kind of talked about, about between me and, and the current representative when it comes to education. Um, and so... We, we need to do a better job investing. And, and there is a difference, again, about, uh, you know, our view of government. Markey has constantly said that he believes government is supposed to be in the background and there for when people need it, which is completely true. Um, but at that same time, when that when that is the thought about government, we find that there are then many problems that accrue because of that. And so... You know, when we look at the problems when we're talking about early education and pre-K, right, people don't have as much access as that. There needs to be an increase in transportation to ensure that every single child in pre-K uh, or that could be in pre-K has access to it. Um, that also means looking at more affordable scales where it's scaled to people's incomes. Um, so that way they're also able to get their kid into early education, childcare and programs. When we talk about K through 12, we need to dismantle MCAS. I understand people's frustrations, right, because MCAS is this way of thinking that it is supposed to be held, holding teachers and school districts accountable because it's tied to funding. But what we're really looking for, and what I'm looking for, rather, is a way in which we can use MCAS as a way to just see where schools are. Uh, you know, and that's that's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for it to be a high school graduation requirement. Uh, and that's another issue where we really differ between myself and Marky. And when we talk about public higher education, because they represent members from all three segments, when we talk about public higher education, let's look at the statistics, right? Since 2001, of course, Marky hasn't been elected since 2001, but he's been elected since 2010 and starting in 2011. The state has continued to disinvest from public higher ed. And then they wonder, right, why tuition is so high, why fees are so high. And it's why I voted when I was on the Board of Higher Education, no, on our budget request from the Secretary of Education and from the governor's office, because it didn't do enough to fully fund public higher education to address the rising cost of college for many people throughout this district, right? When we look at the impacts of public higher ed, we have Bristol Community College in our district, we have UMass Dartmouth in our district, and we have the Bridgewater Aviation Program. And the only reason I know that is because it's a block down from my house. And so we have three impacts of great, great schools here in the South Coast. And so we need to do more to make sure that we're sticking by them. Sure, we're speaking with Cam Costa. So Cam, um, in addition to the fair share amendment, which the teachers union is focused on, um, which will raise taxes on the wealthiest people in the, in, in the state. Um, one of their other big goals is to change or to abolish Proposition 2.5, which holds taxpayers' bills down to the levy limit of only 2.5% per year. It's a very big deal. The property taxes in the towns and in the cities, particularly in Dartmouth. Um, did you commit to changing Prop 2.5 to get the endorsement from the teachers' unions? Because I can't believe they gave it to you without that commitment. Um, I will be completely honest. I... I I'm not entirely sure. Okay. Um, I don't remember that being a question uh, in the, the the interview that they had with me, and I don't really remember it being a question on the questionnaire. So, 
you're a nice guy, and at the risk of sounding like a wise guy, if you paid property taxes, you would know all about two and a half yeah. <laughs> because it's a major, major reform, right? My dad was a teacher. I remember when they passed Proposition Two and a Half, 1979, um, and it changed education funding quite a bit. So I do know that the teachers union wants to abolish two and a half, which would allow property taxes to rise year after year. The only thing that holds them down now in the cities and towns is Proposition Two and a Half, um, and I'm quite sure. You may not realize it, that you committed to abolishing that legislation. Otherwise, they wouldn't have endorsed you over the incumbent. Yeah, I think right now, though, one of the big things that really differentiated between myself and Markey and one of their big things right now that they're focusing on is the fair share amendment. And so I think there's also ways, right, when we talk about property taxes, especially as we know, that is one of the number one things, not only on people's minds throughout this district. But it's how education is funded. Exactly. Um, And so, you know, I... Especially in the city of New Bedford, right? That's one of the number one things I hear on the doors here. Um, but there are also other forms, right? And so, uh, of course, right, If I, I don't want to say I did commit to it because I honestly don't remember and I apologize. That is my mistake and I'll own that. Um, but I can also talk about how, right, the fair share amendment is also making or looking at making those investments in public education. And so... I think there are a number of different conversations that I can have with the with the MTA and making sure that we're making a decision that's best for the people in this district um, is why I also believe that they made an endorsement in this race and endorsed me for that matter is because of my belief in trying to bring together people as teachers do so well in right. the classroom management techniques uh, to really support that. So we know that you've um, you've uh, been bringing uh, you've been campaigning on um, you know what I what I would describe as a uh, wedge issues like your support and his uh, not uh, his um, not support uh, for the uh, fair share amendment which is a four percent tax on income over a uh, million dollars um, and the work and family mobility act or better known as the driver's license bill are there any other areas in which you and representative markey uh, differ in your um, in your philosophies your policy positions I think those are, you know, of course, the two major ones and, and ones that really convinced, uh, you know, the Massachusetts AFL-CIO, Mass Teachers Association to really come out. Um, that We do believe in a difference as well when we talk about reproductive rights here in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Um, and so, you know, he, he voted no on the Roe Act back in, in, I think it was 2020. Okay. Uh, I have so many legislations on my mind in years, so I apologize if the year is slightly off. Um but I also, you know, there's a, there is a difference, right? And, and his belief was that uh, 16 year olds are kids, right? Like if he brought, he talks about how he brought somebody, his son, I think, or one of his children rather to a dentist office and he, they weren't able to get an x-ray or something without his signature. And so he, you know, he talks about parents not being comfortable with that. And that's very much true. Um, my comeback to that, right? And he talks about wanting judicial intervention, at least, at least judicial intervention. But when we look at other states that have the judicial courts involved in regards to any kind of abortion care for, for young adults here in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts or across the country, uh, you find many times that even though they are held to standards of, you know, five to 10 days of being responsive, that they sometimes don't meet that quota or those marks of the, the days and stuff. And so the longer 
right, that somebody doesn't get access to care that they need or that they want, uh, they really don't have as much options and then it becomes more cost burden. And then we also have to talk about, right, if the courts don't do what they're supposed to be doing, how do we hold them accountable while ensuring uh, that, you know, all records still remain sealed? And so there are big problems there. And one of my big things to come back with, right, is if in Massachusetts, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, we trust 16 to 18 year olds to make a decision over what to do, uh, in essence, uh, behind closed doors, if you understand what I'm saying, then yes. I also think that we can trust them to make that decision about what to do over their bodies in that sense. So if I understand what you're saying, I think it's very elegantly put, but you're saying you're opposed to any restrictions on 16 year olds getting abortions without notifying their parents? I, I think when we look at the data and we talk about the amount of times I'm that looking at the child, though, man. I mean, if you're a parent, I think you might recognize this. Again, it's like the property tax issue. A parent would want to know that the child was having an abortion. That's an incredible life decision, very difficult decision to make, that I think most young ladies would like to have their mom involved. Um, but they so can, I can't believe a restriction that you would want to remove any restriction on 16-year-olds getting an abortion in Massachusetts. I, I think, I do think that, um, I think there's a point to be made, like he said, that they're able to do other things without But Marcus, you're not going to legislature, he is. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, Fair enough. Right? Fair enough. Um, I appreciate you wanting to help him, but, <laughs> but that's, you know, I mean, I just find that, and we don't normally talk about abortion as a policy on this show, but that was, um, I appreciate your honesty. I'm sure the voters at Dartmouth and New Bedford do as well, but that's uh, pretty startling information. It's reality. Yeah. Removing any restriction on children <laughs> getting abortions is, wow, man, that's, I guess I'd say, courageous on your part. Yeah, well, you know, I think it, uh, many Outrageous legislators... Outrageous, too, maybe, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, I think when we look right at many legislators um, that voted on this bill across the, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, you're right, it is courageous. Um, people said this... And say, outrageous. And, and outrageous, right? Yes. But let's also look, right... When we, when we passed the marriage equality bill here in Massachusetts, people thought that was outrageous and that was courageous to make a stance on that issue. And so there are many times throughout history in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, in the United States of America, that people have made courageous and outrageous, or some people believe outrageous, uh, stances on certain issues um, where the country has then shifted their mind years prior, or years after, rather. All right, we have to take a break and then we'll be back. Marcus. I'm Chris. And we got a call on the line. 508-996-0500 is how you can talk to state representative candidate Cameron Costa. Good evening. You're live with uh, Cameron Costa. Hello. Anyway, so... Call back. Call back. <laughs> so um, we are talking with Cameron uh, in the break. And um, so I have a question for you. So your mom is on the school committee. Yes. Now, I know you mentioned that you guys lived in your car at one point, which obviously is not great, but that's not the case anymore. You didn't just drive into into New Bedford. You, no. you, you guys live there now, right? Yeah. Right? Okay. So, otherwise, you would have moved your car to Dartmouth. That's a better address for right? yeah, this right. district. So, we, but um, those days are behind you. Yes. Right. You guys live in a house now, a nice house, from what I saw because I looked at your campaign address. Um, now, your mom's an elected official in New Bedford. Um. I know because I ran into this. So my dad was an employee of the school department. I was elected member of the board of selectmen. Have you checked with the ethics committee about conflicts of interest and things like that? What you can actually do as a member of the legislature or what you can't do? 
I, you know, I, <clears throat> it's funny because I was a state employee for or for a little bit there, and that's how I really got involved in the unions and and so on. Um, but for starters, actually, because I, I know you mentioned it, we do live in a house now, and right. so, but we we I was raised in the city. Uh, public housing, subsidized housing in the north end of New Bedford, actually at one of the polling places. Evergreen Park, right? Yeah. Uh, so um, it, it's, I always talk about this, right? Because it's, I, I will never forget. We were in public housing. Listen, I know, hold on, hold on. But have you, have you, the reason I asked you is that when I was voting to authorize bonds to build new schools, the state ethics committee came after me because my dad was too involved with the school department, even though he was retiring. And so what I'm asking you, and this is very specific, is because your mother's a member of the school committee, it looks to me like you have a major conflict of interest, considering I believe you're still a dependent to hers, right? You live in her house. So there's a major financial impact there. And I don't think we've ever faced this before, where one elected official is a financial dependent of another elected official in a community. And so I don't know how the city of New Bedford could get state funding if you were a member of the legislature and your mother was authorizing bonds to build schools, which is how the process works, which I'm, I know you haven't done it yet, but that's how the process works. I know it intimately because I got involved in it. And um, have you checked with the ethics committee about any of that? I haven't checked with the ethics committee, and I'll be completely front, uh, front and honest with that. But I also think, right, and, and of course, ethically, right, if there is a law then we're going to follow that law uh, because that's the type of representative I intend to be. And I know from, you know, you know, that is how my mother is on the school committee. Sure. Um, and so, you know, we but have, you can we, see the conflict, right? I, I can see the conflict in the sense of, right. She's on the school committee and I would be an elected official in the state in the state house making decisions on a whole bunch of things when we talk about education. But I also think that we have to recognize that, uh, you know, if there is no ethics thing about it and in regards to what the regulations are and rules are about it, then we're going to be careful with it. And we're going to make sure that we're following that to the T because we recognize that that's what the people in this district deserve. And that's what we're going to make sure that we give them even right now. Uh, as I'm sure you probably had this when you were on the select board, you know, they, they come by and hand deliver any kind of confidential information. Right. And if I am home, it goes right into my mother's office. I don't even touch it. Right. And so or I bring it to her office and okay. it goes in a specific place, right? Like we are, we have already created a system that works. You know, my mother is a state employee. And so that's why we also had conversations about uh, how um, we can talk about any kinds of fundraising. And we've been very, we've been very, very clear about her not using any kinds of social media platforms or anything of that nature to ensure she's not even overstepping her boundaries in that sense sure. of being a state worker. And so my mother's gone through it in regards to being a state worker as well as an elected official for the city of New Bedford, where some of her clients used to be. And that's why she moved to the city of Fall River. And so that is my plan, right? My plan once I get elected is to buy a home in this community because I love this community. But that is also very difficult to do oh, yeah. because of the cost of housing right now. And the state legislators, they get paid very well. Uh, for, for, the, for the work much. that yeah. they do, right? right? And so that is what my plan is and and that is the hope, right? But it starts by getting elected first on September 6th. 508-996-0500. Let's go back to the phones. Good evening. Hello. Hello. Hey. Hi, yes, you're on the air. Uh, yes. So I have a couple of questions, and I'll ask them and hang up and listen for the responses. Uh, let's see. Um, 
Chris Markey has no office hours, and I know that because I am one of the e-board members of my union, and we reached out to him, but there is no office hours to meet with him. Um, so that tells me he's collecting a paycheck. It all, he's also against the Fair Share Act. Um, when he was in Dartmouth uh, having the conversation with Cameron, he used the phrase that he doesn't want to listen to whining, um, which is, I, I mean, I think it's his constituents' concerns. And he also uses the same narrative in several platforms of he would not be where he is today if he didn't have a college education. But let's not forget, he has um, his dad was mayor and a judge, and he has an affluent background. <laughs> so he's very different from Cameron, who lived in a car. Okay, with so his is this a question? L- listen, Mim, is this a question well, or, sorry, or, or, or is, parents- is, is this a is this a question <laughs> or a testimonial? I appreciate you calling in, but is no, it, do you have no, a question? No. I had, okay, I'll break it down for you. Uh, I will <laughs> break down my questions for you. So, first question, how come Chris Markey has no We're not here with Chris Markey. how is that allowed? Don't ask Cam, ask, ask question. Cam a question. About hold, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold right. on. That's, I think that's a fair question. How, um, are you going to have office hours as a state representative? And Because apparently Representative Markey doesn't. What was your second question? My second question is, why is he against the Fair Share Act? Okay. Thank you. Thank you for the call. I mean, the Cameron, phone lines are literally... why is he against the... That's not fair to Cam. Cam, tell us why you're for can you, can, you, can you please read Representative Markey's mind for us? No. No, I think those are fair questions. Are you going to have office hours, and and are, uh, why are you for the Fair Share Amendment? By the way, ask him on Monday when Chris is here. And, and keep... Yeah. And, uh, and keep it tight, because we've got actually full phone lines. You're, right. you're getting a lot of calls in. Yeah, so first off, because I want to keep this brief, first off, I will have constituency hours and I will have town halls. That's one of the best ways that we can hold our elected officials accountable by making sure that we get them on the record in front of people talking about the policies and positions that they support. And I think that's one of the best ways. Um, In regards to the Fair Share Amendment, I do support the Fair Share Amendment because it does enough to actually invest in public education, in transportation, and in infrastructure, which are the best ways that we can not only build an educated society, we can build a society that, you know, has the opportunities to have more of an investment in themselves as well as making more investments in our community and you know one of the best ways to solve what we were talking about earlier is the housing crisis right now is by expanding our transportation and expanding infrastructure by expanding water lines and sewage and and all of those different things throughout the town of Dartmouth. So uh, 508-996-0500 is how you can get uh, on the air with Cameron Costa. We've got full we've got one line open now so uh, give us a call. Good evening you're live with Cameron Costa. Hello. Hey. Yes you're on the air. Hi, how are you? Good. Good. Good, how are you? Good. Good. Just, uh, just a couple of, uh, I'm just listening in. Um, it just, it just smacks of more, more taxation and, and more spending. It's, um, you know, when, when you guys talked about getting rid of Proposition Two and a Half, I, I had to pick the phone up. Um, it, 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 you know, uh, doesn't you know? Listen, I don't begrudge the, the, this young man from uh, from from uh, public life and public office. Uh, I just think it's too early. You know, I think you need. It, it sounds to me like you need to own some property and you need to know what it's like to pay a tax bill. And I think you need to hire somebody and know what it's like to pay, pay uh, payroll taxes and pay the uh, you know uh, the taxes for. Um, or uh, the health insurance and uh, paid family medicine. Okay, we, we get it. We, we, we get the we get the gist of your statement. Do you I, have I a also, question? 
Yeah, I, I, I'm also trying to figure out if, if proposition, if he was okay with proposition two and a half going away, what, how much is enough? Like, how much do we need, say, in the city of New Bedford per pupil um, by the taxpayer? to get to a number where everybody that he's aligned with is satisfied. Thank you for the call. How much more is it going to cost? Thank you for the call. So, um, you know, what do you think the general cost is per pupil to, to, to you think adequately satisfy the student population? Well, I think right now the, first of all, thank you for the call. Um, you know, I think that that's the department of early, uh, education or department of elementary and secondary education uh, job is to figure that out they get paid very well to figure out what that cost per pupil is and so i would really depend on what they believe is a more equitable uh, spending per pupil uh, for districts to make sure that we have an investment in our children here in the community um, secondly i would also talk about how you know one of the things that has the common thing amongst the doors, right, is that people want to know why or right, they support these policies when we talk about infrastructure, education and transportation. And that's why I always rely back on the fair share amendment. Right. It's not going to affect the middle class. It's not going to affect the lower income people. It's going to affect those that are making over a million dollars a year. And so there aren't that many of them here in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. And Marky will say if one in 900 leave, then we'll have uh, a, a We'll lose so much in revenue. And of course, that's true, right? But also, let's look at the Department of Revenue's data. Let's look at Tufts data when they talk about how much they believe real research uh, uh, institutes that when they talk about the fair share amendment and their investments in all of these three different sectors. And so I'm going to have to take it from those people in regards to their beliefs as to what it's going to be. But also in that same debate, in the second debate, I believe it was, Marky was talking about how he believes that we could we could afford a $300 increase in taxes on people making over $100,000. I'm not looking at increasing taxes on the middle class as they pay enough of their fair share here in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. I'm looking on increasing taxes on those making over a million dollars. Let's go back to the phones, 508-996-0500. Good evening. You're live with Cameron Costa. Good evening, guys. Good evening. So, I wasn't listening, uh, uh, but someone called me. Is it true that this uh, kid supports uh, uh, children getting abortion? Is that right? 16-year-olds getting abortions without their parents' notice. 16-year-old without their parents. Do you have children, Cameron? I do not, no. Uh, listen, you just cemented, right? with me that I will not vote for you, right? And you really need to think, uh, rethink uh, your position and uh, maybe speak to some adults before you start. All right, Carlos. So, um, so, uh, so he, just to pull out of the abortion yeah, situation, Marcus, yeah. I have a quite, I noticed on your website, you got a big, pretty extensive website. Um, you talk about the fishing industry, right? And that obviously is a major, major, uh, economic component to New Bedford, Greater New Bedford area, whether you, whether you catch fish or eat fish or not, it, it really supports our whole economy, exactly. right? And you obviously recognize that you're a smart guy. Um, recently, we had a couple meetings about the, the scallop industry in particular, which is the big boy mm -hmm. around here. Um, what's your position on that? And, and um, did you attend those meetings? I, I didn't attend those meetings. Frankly, I, I didn't even know about them. And uh, that uh, is... Really? Really disheartening to me. Okay, I'll, I'll be completely honest about it. I think so you it, don't listen to WBSM then. Say that one more time. <laughs> so you don't. So listen, it was in WBSM. It was in the New Bedford Light. It was in the Standard Times. They had meetings, two meetings in a row. Uh, Anastasia Lennon, the reporter from the yep. Light, she covered them extensively. So there was not only the meetings, but extensive follow up. Christ, I got out of my deathbed, deathbed to go there uh, to the meetings. I went with one of your potential constituents in the future, a boat owner uh, from. Uh, 
from, from Dartmouth um, to discuss that changes in the fishing industry. The scholar, I mean, the mayor of New Bedford was there. He made a presentation. Um, I find it, I appreciate your honesty in saying you weren't there and didn't know about it. But you have up on your website that you're going to work for the fishing industry. But you didn't even show up to the meeting, which surprised me. I didn't realize that, even though I was there. Um, how can you possibly say you're going to support the fishing industry when they just had a major meeting when every elected official was there and you didn't even know about it? Well, I think it's... it's it's. Don't blame you, them. No, no, I'm not blaming them. Okay. You're right. And, and I think, of course, right, it's one of those things about trying to make sure that you have as much information as By possible. By the way, there were meetings over the co- two meetings over the course of a month. Yeah. So it was plenty of time to go. <laughs> no, and I, and I get that. And, you know, I, of course, right, like I will completely Do you think own- Chris Markey was there? I'm I'm not sure if Chris Markey was, was there. there. He okay. was there. That is, you know, great, right? And it's important. He is a current elected official and he should be showing up for people throughout this district. What I will say and what is said on my website, right, is that I am looking to create a fishing task force that can really help me drive policies and legislation that is going to support that community in this district. I will I will 100% take ownership for not being at those meetings and for not knowing about it, but I'll also come back and say that it's more than just those two meetings. And I'm and I will promise. What other right meetings now, did you miss then? <laughs> no, I'm serious. I mean, you tell me you're gonna put a task you know what task force means. I mean, that's a great buzzword, but we actually had the meetings. They're serious meetings. You should have seen they were jammed and the fact that because you're a smart guy, man, and the fact that you didn't even do the follow-up. I know you read the New Bedford Light, at least the one when they write about you, right? Yeah, so, I, I usually read most of them. <laughs> right? So so they cover those meetings extensively. I know they had my picture in there. Yeah. Um, I find that very hard. You're, you're a young guy. You've got to work extra hard to get taken seriously. But not showing up to the meetings, that's really not showing respect, right? Yeah, well, I think also when we talk about not showing up to a meeting, it's about not knowing that there was a meeting and that's, that's not, not an good excuse yeah. you're right i wouldn't say that again you're right that's not that good. is not an excuse of course it's not but when i say task force i've come from being an organizer and an activist in this community so when i say or when i say a task force i'm talking about bringing together people that are actually going to help drive legislation through beacon hill they were all there they, right. you're right they were all there. <laughs> don't tell me about the meeting man i was there all right i, I know but okay. I, I think it's all you about, can hold a better meeting than we're with the fishermen it's Come not on. about a better meeting it's about a continuous conversation i'm gonna dig you out here because we gotta take this break all right so we're gonna, we're gonna take the break and if you're on the line stay in the line i see you guys on the line we'll we'll be taking your calls too 1420 WB back with Cameron Costa, candidate for state rep, and we're taking your calls. Let's go to the phones. Good evening. You're live with Cameron Costa. Hi. So to that last caller's point, um, Cameron says he didn't know about the meeting. So I'm just wondering how the uh, fishermen expect him to advocate and be present when he wasn't aware that there was a meeting. And part B of my question. So I was there. There were about there were two hundred people there. They how did they know and he didn't? Okay, so did it was it advertised at the Friendly Sons of St. Patrick or? What do you mean it was it was it was on WBSM, the Standard Times, the New Bedford Light. It was everywhere. WBZ covered it. It was the newspapers there. The televisions were there. What? It was everywhere, and there was only two hundred people. So that speaks volumes. Thank you for answering. Well, there there could have been two hundred and one. I mean. But Cameron wasn't there. I mean, ma'am, you, he's not, listen, he's not, he's not trying to blame other people. I don't think you should either. He gets it. Hey, sometimes stuff gets past you. That's what happened. Yeah. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Good evening, fellas. How are you? Good. Uh, Good. Cameron, 
uh, I commend you for running. Um, I I kind of like your youthful answers. Um, I think uh, um, I don't know if you're a little naive on some stuff. Uh, and that's not a bad thing, I suppose. But um, my question would be: you, your resume seems to be always hand out to the taxpayer, uh, working those kind of situations um, or the unions. Have you ever worked in private industry? Had a like a real job where you had to produce? Um, where I resent that. Uh, I, I resent the notion that that private industry that only private industry jobs are real jobs. Public jobs are, are real jobs well, too. I'm There's a lot of public and yeah, I know, but it's just. It's a crappy thing to say. You, you keep protecting him. I'm not I'm asking protecting him. him. Just you, you are protecting him. Go ahead. Do you, you want to answer his question? Yeah, <laughs> um, I have worked private jobs in regards to helping to to fund my way through college because you can't just work one public job in regards to affording the rising cost of tuition and fees now. So yes. Yeah. Okay, so, but do you understand the amount of money you seemingly want to spend? Okay, um, you want to reduce. Um, people's access to uh, um, uh, not having taxes put up by getting rid of Proposition 2.5, um, that's, that has a huge impact on people. Do you, do you see that? I don't think you do. I, I Trust me, from, from living in the city of New Bedford and talking with homeowners throughout this district and from talking to homeowners throughout the town of Dartmouth, that is something that is of priority when we're talking about uh, uh, housing taxes and when we're talking about those use, being used to fund public education here in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Look, I recognize, right, when we talk about the funding of public education, we have to also look at other different ways, uh, not just by properly or not just by raising property taxes. And so, you know, thank you for so much for, for bringing it to my attention, especially with Chris talking about it. And so I will be doing my homework more uh, on this issue uh, to make sure that whenever I commit to anything of that nature, um, that I'm going to be talking to people throughout this district. Look, I'm not elected yet, right? And that's what I'm looking to be, elected on September 6th. And so from this moment, and even from when I announced and before then, my whole job has been to try and educate myself on as many issues, on as many events as possible. And you, right, can physically only possibly be able to do so much. Uh, but I am trying to do my best to show up for people in this district and educate myself on the issues that are important to people. Well, I, I wish you well. And, uh, you know, uh, it's it's good that you're running. Take care. <laughs> Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your night. So, Cam, um, before, you know, the job is coming in, but people who like you or want to learn more about you, what's your website? My website is CameronCosta.org, C-A-M-E-R-O-N-C-O-S-T-A.org. <laughs> so let's go back to the phones. Good evening. Thanks for holding. Hello. I got to say, out of the candidates that we've had on, you've generated close to the most calls. I think you've gotten a lot of call traffic and a lot maybe of interest in this race. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe less, less than Tom Hodgson. Right. Definitely less than Tom right. Hodgson. But that's a goal. That's a goal. <laughs> so, speaking of that, do you, do you have a... I know that the people who are supporting you, which is the Coalition of Social Justice and some of the other usual suspects on that side of the aisle, um, have you taken a choice? I know they're backing Haru. Do you have a choice in the Democrat primary when you vote? Do you have a sheriff's candidate you're going to vote for? Um, I haven't made up my mind. And, you know, I, I I'll be completely honest. I've been so consumed on the 9th Bristol District. It's I been fair. hard. I get that very fair. <laughs> to, to look at the other things. You know, I, I think it was around last week or maybe two weeks ago when I was listening into your show and, and somebody had asked Marcus the same question about who he's looking at supporting. And, you know, he was like, I can't support anybody. I'm, I'm, on, I'm a radio talk show host. And so... Um, 
I've been trying my hardest to do as much education. It's such as a great possible. out, honestly. It's, 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 oh, so, no, believe me, it's believe such me. a great out. You know, hey, do you, you support, oh, well, I can't tell you. But. <laughs> no, there's no doubt that you're, you've got a very full calendar right now. I'm sure as a first time candidate, having been one, um, you've learned a lot. Exactly. You've learned yeah. a lot, and it's it's like anything you learn in life, you learn the what you don't know, right? Exactly. Um, what you'll need to learn, things like that. that hey, that's part of the experience. Hey, listen, we got to take a break, and then we'll be back uh, to finish up with the hour with Cameron Costa, candidate for state rep. I'm Marcus. I'm Chris. And actually, let's go. We got We can fit in one more call, 508-996-0500. Good evening. Thanks for holding. Hey, yeah, um, I'm just calling in just to say I can't vote for this guy, Cameron, if you don't believe six-year-olds should, if you believe the six-year-olds should have a blessing without their parents. He, he, he did not say that. He said 16-year-olds. He said 16. Which is the age? Which is pretty bad. But which is the no? It's it's the age of consent in Massachusetts. So yeah, you should need a parent at that age. Come on. All right. Thanks for the call. Appreciate thanks. it. Thank so, you so much. So um, so Cameron, I have a question for you. I was looking at campaign finance. You raised a lot of money. One of the endorsers of the MTA. You were just telling us they're going to come down and work for you this weekend as well for a big get out the vote push. I haven't seen where they disclosed how much they're spending for you. How much have they spent for you? I honestly don't know. Um, All right. So you're not sure uh, what you promised them, and they're not sure what they're spending for you. No, I, well, I, I'm not sure what they have, you know, spent on this race because most of it has just been get out the um, door to door stuff using some of my literature. Um, this time they will be bringing their own literature, and so I'll also be talking with them. I'm, you know, most of their stuff has been through emails, through any kind of uh, uh, online kind of targeting towards their members and it's the called district. Called in kind donation. But you have to disclose that. Well, I'm not sure about an in-kind donation because they're just sending emails. And, of course, I'll check into it after this, Chris. Um, but to my knowledge, especially for them, they would be doing a related report because they are technically using the, their Mass Teachers Association pack. And so um, it would be a related report on my committee account, as they've done for other candidates throughout right. the state. And so uh, I will be talking with them to make sure that we're, we're in all kinds of regulations, as we thankfully here in Massachusetts have good transparency when it comes to campaign finances. So, uh, Cameron Costa, uh, candidate for state rep in the 9th First District, We've got about, I'd say, a minute and a half left. Why don't you just uh, give your website again? Give your website again and, and, and make your make your last pitch. Yeah, definitely. So, first, I want to say thank you so much for, for having me on tonight and for those that are listening, for those that called in. Um, I love coming on WBSM. I wish I came on more. Um, so, my website is CameronCosta.org, C A M E R O N, Costa, C O S T A.org, uh, to learn more about me, to volunteer, to donate. We're really trying to get people on the doors, making phone calls, relational networks that you have in the town of Dartmouth or in the north end of New Bedford. Just make sure, right? Early voting already ended. If you still have your mail-in ballot, make sure to get that ballot in by September 6th. Uh, you can bring it into City Hall and pass it into the elections office. And so, we're really just trying to get out the vote for September 6th. There are big differences between myself and between Representative Markey, and we're really trying to leverage the way that it is time for change, right? We haven't had a choice in this district since 2014, and now people have a choice to elect somebody that is always in the district myself, that is always going door-to-door -door myself, and that is really trying to work with people throughout this district and is willing to own up to when they don't know something or when they made a mistake. And so if that's the representative that you want here in this district, in the 9th Bristol District, then I am that candidate for you. Once again, it's CameronCosta.org, C-A-M-E-R-O-N, Costa, C-O-S-T-A.org. Visit our website, learn more, and tell your friends to vote Costa on September 6th. Thank you so much. Cameron Costa, candidate for state rep. Uh, thank you for joining Thanks us. Thanks so much, man. Thank, yeah, thank, thank you. you so much for joining us. Uh, 508-996-0500 is how you can get in if you want to talk to Chris and I. In the 9 o'clock hour, we'll be taking your calls. That was Cameron Costa, candidate for the 9th Bristol District. Stay tuned. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris and Marcus here on WBSM.